1: Greetings Grapple fans, welcome along to episode 104 of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. I am your host Danny Wills, joined as ever by my on-air audio tag team partner, uh, two things all at once there, Mr Guy Dringle, how are you doing Guy, I got myself <laughs> confused.
2: Oh, <laughs> good, all good, how are you Andy?
1: I'm alright, it's because we're talking across the time zones, that's what's thrown me. <laughs> So uh, it's t- uh, today's shows all about the super showdown in Melbourne, uh, Melbourne in Australia. So um you know WWE is going down under, and hell, we can better them. We're going down under ourselves because flamingo. It's Alex Barilaro. <laughs> <laughs> you had to do the
3: accent, didn't you? We were I bragging it off air. That on. wasn't bad. I'll give you credit. That wasn't bad. <laughs> I have a feeling you're going to hear a lot of dodgy Australian accents over the next week of Australia being the focal centre of all the WWE programming. So, um, no, I'm I'm delighted to be on. I'm delighted to be going this weekend, this Saturday night, to the MCG. Um That cauldron of history, history in the making, and it's going to be the most historical of all events when WWE invades with Super Showdown. I mean, the name could have been better, but at the same time, I'm getting to see Undertaker and Triple H live and seeing an actual <laughs> WWE event that actually matters for the first time yeah. uh, in my life. It's going to be quite cool.
1: Yeah, the name's as lame as the uh, Aussie, 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 Oi, Oi, Oi channel. Oh.
3: Yeah, if that breaks <laughs> out, just, that's going to be cringe 101. I do. LGs are very creative with their chants, though. And we get it from you blokes. I think we get it from the English. Um, so I expect to take over, which I wasn't, I was, I'm lucky not to go to. Um, oh, when the NXT show kind of came down here, I, my, one of my mates went and apparently the chants were extremely creative and extremely plum. So the atmosphere is going to be mad. Um, the MCG is going to be buzzing and, Anywhere near a hundred thousand people? If what I expect, there'll be yeah, probably somewhere between ninety and a hundred thousand people. It's going to be packed.
1: Yeah, and furthermore, you're going to be there yourself.
3: I am. Yes, I've uh, bought my expensive tickets, and yeah, been, me and my best mate are going. We've been watching wrestling since we were in high school, so well, even actually even further back, since like kind of middle school. Um, and yeah, this is kind of the, our crowning achievement, our crown jewel. To quote uh, the pay-per-view happening in Saudi Arabia, which I mean, I like to think that we're being prioritised over Saudi Arabia because uh, we don't violate human rights in quite as many ways. We did sell neighbours and home and away to the UK. That's one human rights violation, which I'll cop, but I think the Saudis have got... We,
2: we got Kylie on with,
3: we got Kylie with uh, one of them though, didn't we? So I'll do it. That's true, yeah. So that turns it around, yeah.
1: And Jason Donovan singing as well. There's another one. Who? I don't
3: I don't know exactly. Jason, <laughs> Jason Donovan's not a name that rings my bell. Uh,
2: I think he's more famous over here than over there. <laughs> yeah, Sounds about right.
1: It was maybe before your time and yeah, when you said doesn't ring up, well we could go down avenues that we shouldn't go down, so let's uh, let's bring things. Before back. we
3: get on Steve Irwin, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, not Guys 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 uh Steve Irwin impression. Probably, you know come not. Worth, uh, worth going to wear.
1: No, no. Before we before we go any further, Guy, come on, give everyone your Stevie oh, in impression.
2: For Here we go. You little ripper.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's just funny not good under <laughs> pressure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now, under pressure is a different podcast, so we're the no, rest. of no, yes. us uh,
3: Yeah, up. yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't have any stats for you on the amount of sprints that Seth Rollins attempted on Monday Night Raw, unfortunately. I imagine it'd be a lot. Or
1: <laughs> well, how many promos Bobby Lashley botched?
3: Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> and is he the is he the worst talker in the E right now? I mean, it ha- it happens that he's got one of the best talkers in the E as his side man, um, or his hype man. So, mate, but I think he probably is the worst talker
1: in the year right now. Yeah. yeah. I was, I'm trying to think of anyone who is worse, actually, but it's quite, it's quite a task, really. I can't the think of it. The no. division
2: must have some shit
1: talkers. Uh, unless unless well, you punish people for not being able to speak uh, English completely, but that's that's unfair.
3: To be fair, nothing yeah, was broken English though. is still better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is. Nakamura is a much better promo. Kalisto, when he's good lucha things, probably not, um, <laughs> well, but again, <laughs> <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> it was, not, that was not his crowding moment. But, um, and I, I'm, I'm known to be an optimist when it comes to wrestling, and I'm sorry that I've started this long. Bobby Lashley and the worst talking, uh, the worst talkers in the biz. I can tell you who's the, who's the best talker, and who I'm very curious to see live for the first time but also curious to see what his uh what the ramifications are at the pay per view and that's Dean. Dean Ambrose, my favourite wrestler. Uh and he's probably yeah. the best in fact he is he is without a doubt the best talker in the WWE. <coughs> Kevin right. says hello. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair.
1: <coughs> I tell you well let's let's I mean it's a it's a nice little segue. Let's let's hit off with that one then. Bobby Lashley and John Cena teaming up versus Elias and Kevin Owens. I say versus. Uh, what I should say is Bobby Lashley and John Cena squashing Elias and Kevin Owens. <laughs> um, how do you expect this one to go, Alex?
3: Um, You know what? I think it'll be a massively competitive match. I think Cena's going to have to come back from the four. It's going to go at least 35 minutes. Uh, Dave will give it five. No, it's not going to go like that. Um. At the same time, I, the last week on Raw, last two weeks on Raw, Elias and Kevin Owens have been some of the best parts, and they're just brilliant. Um, so I am still looking forward to this match in a kind of fun, yay, I get to see John Cena, even though he hasn't shown up on Raw for the entire build to this match. Uh, yay, I get to kind of see KO and Elias be funny. Um, hopefully Bobby will slap Leo Rush around a bit, affably, and jokerly. Uh and that'll be that'll do it for me. Um but it's not exactly it's not exactly gonna be on the bill for the most brilliant match on the card, I'll give you that.
1: No. Yeah. And Guy, you we are you know, you are known for your love of Elias. Um are you no, are you expecting anything more than than the squash? Um
2: the only good thing is I, I can see you can see KO and Elias beating the crap out of Bobby. For probably the best part of fifteen minutes, and then we'll see Super Cena do his thing. Cause well, that's that's probably the reason they brought him back is to get the win. Um, yeah, I I, I can't see anything else other than John Cena getting a victory. Um, for his team, and it, it is a shame that the two young talents are getting, well, not buried because it's a one-off event, isn't it? Um, but just put in over for a big moment. To I don't I'm not sure how old Bobby Lashley is, but Cena's obviously. Towards the end of his career, and kind of going in Undertaker mode. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a kind of a shame. But at least they're on the pay per view, I suppose, because I, I don't I don't think Elias has been on one in a while in a, in a wrestling situation. He's obviously been interrupted every pay per view with his um, guitar and Kevin Owens. Well, we, every podcast we we talk about how he's been used, and it's always been crap.
3: Especially the last couple of weeks, the, hey, they could have done something really good with um, that the quit, I quit angle. The fact that, yeah, he mm. had logistical reasoning for going after Bobby because he injured Sammy. So that if they came, if he said I quit and attacked Bobby and then said, oh, I haven't been hired back, I just wanted to beat the absolute living hell out of you. And then they could have had some altercations with Stephanie and, and, yeah, and Kevin Owens could just be like this broken, um, frustrated guy who hasn't had anything go right for and yeah. Braun bullied him and, and he's just been flattened and it's all because Sami Zayn got injured in Kayfabe because of Bobby Lashley. That would have been excellent storytelling, but I just yeah. get the sense that if it's not involving kind of the upper card, Raw is not, um, kind of, um, kind of like, cooperating with the uh, stories for the for the bottom card and the mid card and, and they're not really offering that much for anyone yeah. other than, other than kind of the Shield or Braun or Dolph or Drew. Um and then obviously Taker and, and HHH. Mm. Hunter uh, Hurst. What, what what
2: do you what do you think of the potential of KO and Delight? And do you think there's a there's a tag team in there or do you think it's just a one off because They're both getting misused quite badly, and when we've seen that in the past, the tag team seems to be the natural fit. I mean, Sheamus and Cesaro comes to mind.
0: Yeah,
3: I mean, it could work. Judging by the phenomenal segment on Raw this week, with um, Elias and KO getting the most heat from anyone I've seen since Tommaso Ciampa... um, That was, that was quite brilliant and quite incredible. I think that's, that had more to do with Elias, but KO trying to talk over the 10 minutes of booze from the Seattle crowd was quite good. (laughs) But I just get the sense that I think KO, they're literally just biding time while Sammy's out because they want Sammy and KO to come back together. And as soon as Sammy's back, KO will kind of have that upturn again. And that's the story they're trying to tell. It's a lazy story. There's no point in, in like, just like debating that but I think that is the story they're trying to tell mm-hmm. and that's the story they were trying to tell before Sammy's injury was well we've been me and him have been ousted by Shane McMahon out of Smackdown despite the fact that we had legitimate gripes um, and now it's it's our time to show that we're that we're worthy of that but it only works if they're together so in that case Sammy's injury was very poorly timed and very unfortunate for both of them mm. uh,
1: and there's that a thing with Kevin Owens as well is that you remember back to when Triple H handed him the, uh, the universal title.
0: Because uh, we never that, got an answer. Why yeah, that? Yeah, I to
1: say that moment, there was never ever explained. There was a tease, wasn't there, that, uh, KO and, and Samoa Joe could be part of a faction with, with Triple H, but we never got anything else. It was all, it was an idea that night, and then after that, they just binned it, and we forgot that it ever existed.
2: That would have yeah, been one of I the think...
3: better stables ever. <laughs> it would have, have been, been. excellent. Even, even to have KO say, I was appointed by Triple H because he didn't trust Seth. And that, yeah, that that should have been more. I think a lot of stuff with KO and Sammy should have been more. Um, but at the same time, he's so good and he's so brilliant that there's so much they can do with him still, you know, that, that if they do, do some, decide to do something with Elias, I still think one of the best things they could do is turn KO proper babyface because they've got the perfect ammunition accidentally. Braun ba- but like buried him to hell. He took all these bombs. Braun's now a heel. He's sympathetic to a lot of the smarter wrestling fans. I don't think they capitalise on that enough. I think they try and turn the smart wrestling, or the smarts if you want to say that. But no, the, the wrestling fans who are kind of, who know what's up, um, they try and turn their uh, attraction and kind of love for the heels into kind of catchphrases, which works. The Walk With Elias thing, Kevin Owens show thing, the Miss TV thing, um, just to name a few. But And even Braun lately has kind of been neutral because he, he still does the big Braun taunt and the entire arena goes with him, but if they channeled that to turn heels into faces and similarly channeled that to turn faces into heels, I think Bobby Roode, Bobby Lashley, who we just said, I think definitely needs to be heel. Lira Rush could milk that if he was um the hype man. Uh, and learn from the fact they never did it with Cena. Um, and I i don't think they need to do it with Reigns because I think that won't... It's got a as big a chance of going badly as it does going extremely well. So I, I I like to see Reigns in that neutral role in that I-don't-care role as long as he's not too much one way or the other. Um, but they really need to capitalize on, on kind of that smart fan base who knows what's up, cheering the catchphrases. They did it with Rusev Day, kind of. They've done it before. Um, NXT's masterful at it, but I think NXT kind of hinders the product on the main roster when these badass dudes come up Um, and like Almas comes up and puts on incredible wrestling matches and people can't help but love him. So, so it's, it's just that you've got to figure out which ones to channel, but at the same time, and one of the matches that we're seeing here goes to prove that, which we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about later. Charlotte versus Becky is a phenomenal matchup that is based on very little traditional wrestling kind of mantra. Um, Charlotte is the face and has not technically done anything abhorrent and yet people boo her not because of what she does but because of the person she's facing because of the story that's being told almost inadvertently but I think they've cottoned onto it in the last month and a half let's talk about it now
1: let's let's talk about it now because it's for me it has the feel of um, the the mid mid to late 90s wrestling where fans had got tired of your archetypal baby face and heels and were going were starting to cheer certain heels, and uh, certainly, obviously, everybody famously got behind Stone Cold Steve Austin, and started to turn, so to speak, on the likes of uh, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and well, he I, was, they turned him because, means, yeah, yeah, the, the WCW, WCW crowd were booing him because they weren't interested in that 80s babyface character anymore. So it's, it has yeah, a bit of that feel to me.
3: Absolutely, and it's, it's the way I typify it is Austin Hart. It's like that Austin Hart idea yeah. where Austin is being being objectively a terrible human and is being selfish and kind of beating their own being going to the beat of his own drum. And in Becky's case and in Austin's case, they both legitimately justified in everything they did, which meant that people could cheer them, but it didn't mean you had to turn suddenly turn. I mean, they did, they did a dramatic double turn with, with Brett Hart in, in 90, 97.
1: It um, about a and guy who spoke about.
3: Yeah. I, need, I mean, to watch, you don't need, need to watch that much. <laughs> it's reference. You yeah, really much. do. Oz. It's amazing, and the blood spot. This the chair. It is a phenomenal piece. But um, I don't think we appreciate how good wrestling can be today. And I think Charlotte Becky is one of the better kind of. Even though it's reflective of the that, like you were saying, Andy, that mid nineties, mid to late nineties, it's got all the hallmarks to be a brilliant feud, and they can crack out some great matches. But most importantly. That Becky heel turn and, and, and everything that's come out of it's been exceptional. I can't wait to watch the match. I, I know I'm going to be rooting for Becky. Um, I know I'm, def- I'm firmly going to be going, yeah, Becky Lynch is a badass. But that's more to do with the fact that I've always liked Becky. If you've always liked Charlotte, you can go for Charlotte. It's not so cut and dry. So, um, yeah, it's great.
1: Yeah, because, guy we have spoke about this on and off, haven't we, for for weeks you know it it's it does have that feel about it and, and and obviously I'll say again yeah i i think that double turn can be performed i think we can see history repeat itself and i think these two are, are capable uh, of being able to do it it's just hopefully having someone within you know <clears throat> the agents or whoever it is in terms of our actually putting the match together and the storyline to ensure that they're actually Able to go out there and perform it and pull it off and make it make it as 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 clever as as we saw at WrestleMania 13.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I mentioned last week the only double turn I've seen is the Del Rio um, Ziggler one, and that was done so well. And uh, that's probably that's the reference point I've got rather than the uh, Austin one. Um, but yeah, I, I think. This one, I, I think this is probably the first women's feud in a while that's getting a decent story and a good and good time. I mean, even Oscar Charlotte at WrestleMania. I mean, it, it was hard to build the feud because Oscar was on Raw, and so the Charlotte was on SmackDown. If I remember correctly, it, it struggled, and there's not many feuds that have had this interest in storytelling from a women's point of view in in a goddamn while. I mean. Was Sasha v Charlotte probably the last one that had this interest? I know we've had like, um, uh, Alexa Bliss versus, uh, oh god, what's her name? What's her name? The Big Loss. Uh,
1: oh,
2: um, Nia Jax. Nia Jax, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That had a, that had <laughs> a, a decent remember. story point of view, but it didn't have the interest of these two characters because, well, Nia wasn't, wasn't that over and Alexa Bliss is. Is definitely a heel. No. And probably won't work. No, it's
3: face. not very. No, it's not very good either.
2: Yeah, To that, be honest. <laughs> doesn't help. But you, now yeah. you've got two. You've got two of the elite in this in the, in the women's division, and you've got an elite story behind it. And we haven't seen this for probably since NXT with Bailey vs Sasha. Let's be honest, because even even Sasha vs Charlotte on Raw was not that great from a storytelling point of view so it's probably the first time since the famed Iron Woman match um that I've had such an interest in a in a woman's feud
1: yeah I, I think certainly like with Nia Jax I think this is where social media probably doesn't help because by you when you look at her and her style and everything she should be a monster but people are aware you know obviously she doesn't quite talk like a monster and people are very aware with social media that she's actually a really nice person, and she's very popular, mm. so yeah, she is. they can't really take a series as a monster, so maybe this is you know it, it's a different yeah it's slightly different ground nowadays as well isn't it as as to you know some of the classics when we heart back at, at well certainly for me at my age you know heart back to you know some of the brilliant stuff we saw in the nineties and even the early 2000s and how things would be portrayed it is that the whole social media aspect does tend to. Affect things because I think WWE are so conscious of it and and I try to use it all the time that I think it kind of gets mixed up sometimes between whether the, it's kayfabe or it's other they're actually breaking breaking character. So it's but the, in but in terms of Becky Lynch, Charlotte, it's thankfully we haven't you you know we haven't we haven't had that trashed all over us on on uh, social media because. It, it just kind of it throws it, you know, it's either they're trying to trash talk each other on social media or, you know, on TV, we're seeing one thing, but on social media, we're seeing something different. Thankfully, this is more central, more, being more concentrated on what we see on screen.
3: Yeah, I think um, it's also that that point you make about the social media things also reflective of Becky's character switch, because. On social media, it was uh, when they first turned a heel, it was very much a. I think WWE didn't realize quite the firebrand they actually started because they thought, you know, it's just a classic heel turn. People will will want Charlotte to win equally, but I think they didn't expect Becky to have that much support. And then Becky decided to start coming out with this stuff that just popped everyone of, of the legitimate gripes of like well I you stole my moment you're obnoxious you keep saying this stuff i'm going to speak my mind on social media then that reflected on tv one of my favorite segments in the last few weeks was becky um shoving charlotte into the backstage with the whatever boxes in mid photo shoot and then standing over her and telling the photographer okay shoot this this is what you want i'm the champ
1: the champ yeah she keeps calling herself the champ i like that
3: yeah yeah, I'm the champ. You you want you want photos of the champ? go on, take it. And I think that's perfect because it's more than it's reflecting what we already know, which is this is a special feud. It's treating it like a personal feud, and because and the more personal it gets, the more invested we get in every single little thing. And the more the more invested we get in every tweet. Becky tweeted something this morning that was basically she was left out of the poster for Super Showdown, and and she said, and people wonder why. I'm so angry and so bitter about not getting chances, um, and that's perfect. That's perfect character building. What do because because it it's legit. It's it's exactly right. And people like when a story is being told that is believable.
1: Yeah, that's and it. That feels what, legit.
3: Yeah, yeah. And that's why another one of my favourite feuds is AJ versus Joe, because even though I know they're the best friends on character or on screen, these characters hate each other. These characters have a history, and of course Joe will resort to going after AJ's family because one, he knows them, two he's desperate and three, he's being portrayed as a sadistic kind of psychopath and that's what sadistic psychopaths do, they go after focal points and AJ is the family man baby face that people can relate to um, so for Becky sure, whatever she is she's the champ, she doesn't need to be healed, she doesn't need to be faced, she just needs to be fire and be brilliant
1: yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously you're, you're looking forward to it. Uh, we're looking forward to it. That that it's, again, yeah, it should be a really good match. There's there's so much in there. Like you say, it's getting more and more personal. It has something for you to be invested in. Um, probably difficult to say the same about asker and Naomi taking on the Iconics. Now, obviously, <laughs> Alex, I know. Yeah, the <laughs> I know. The, <laughs> oh, no, don't the talk, don't talk bad no. about my Iconics. No, no,
3: no I just I.
1: Iconic as as they were known, I don't know why they had to put the yes in there, but anyway, um, mm. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce obviously are gonna get a really good reception, you know, with with the crowd. But it's just, I don't know, I I, I guess maybe it's that whole SmackDown thing. It just feels a shame that, you know, what, what else have we got to offer? Let's throw this together, Asker and Naomi. I mean. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, I'm just not interested in Naomi whatsoever, but Asuka has been so badly used since WrestleMania and just kind of thrown together in this match. And I guess, obviously, because, you know, because of where they're from, they want to get Iconics, which is fair enough, and they want to get Buddy Murphy on the card as well, which we'll see. It, you know, makes sense, obviously, to get the crowd behind and they're more interested in there, but, um, other than that, you know, that, um, that the, the homegirl thing. Is there any interest in the actual match? What goes on in the oh, ring? None
3: whatsoever. <laughs> no, I'm interested in the entrance and I'm hoping that Peyton can hit her, her spinning heel kick and cover for the win and that it's relatively clean. Um, I'm not interested in Asuka. I, I watched a lot of NXT and I, NXT is my favorite wrestling product. And in NXT, as I watched Asuka, Kind of ascend to the, to the the ultimate status of ultimate champion. I didn't see, I didn't see her put on a match, even in NXT, that made me go, you know what, she's she's a star, she's got something. I think they need to inject her with some sort of character because the whole no one's ready for Asuka thing dissipates very quickly when you realise that she's not. If this was like three or four years ago, and it was Paige and Emma. And a young Charlotte, young Sasha, young Bailey, all coming through. And Asuka was on the main roster. Then, then you're ready. Then you have Asuka is just this unstoppable force. And even though she lost, it was luck and you have to bring her back. Now she's not, she, she can be painted the unstoppable force, but she's just not. She's Ember Moon is a phenomenal wrestler. Like Charlotte's a phenomenal, phenomenal wrestler. Alexa is a phenomenal talker. Ronda Rousey is Ronda Rousey. And she's, she's. Fair, like fairly, having the rocket strapped to her, she needs still needs work. She probably needs a manager, but she's Ronda Rousey. And then on the SmackDown side of things, you've got Charlotte, you've got and even Sasha and Bailey have been been out of it. They can they should both be better than they are now. The women's roster is too stacked, and that's not even mentioning the of Becky. It's too stacked for Asuka to do what she needs to do because having Asuka on top of that card, it just doesn't make sense. So they need to find a rescue for her. It's not Naomi. It's not the Iconics. Um, and I do think, as much as I love the Iconics and, and they make me laugh and they were brilliant in NXT and I think they're excellent. They were had an excellent debut and they're kind of floundered. Um, they're not the Australian that I'm excited to see most of all. There is an Australian who has been one of my favorite wrestlers this year, who has put on some of the best matches this year. Mo Chatra um, cited this a long time ago and not a month and a half ago in the, um, kind of the PW wrestling chat, uh, which was Buddy Murphy had a tag match uh, alongside Tony Nice, I believe it was against um the Lucha duo, I can't remember which of the two they were, I think Kalisto was on the side so it must have been Grand Metalik and uh, Lindsay Dorado and Buddy Murphy showed that <laughs> basically this was just after Super Showdown was announced and there was rumours that Cedric Alexander was going to defend his title but Buddy Murphy showed to me that he could be as good a wrestler as anyone on on that main roster, if he had the right kind of character and the right push, as it happens, Peyton Royce and the and Billy Kay aren't that level in the women's division. Asuka might be, Naomi just isn't. Um, so for me, the, the whole Iconics versus uh, Asuka and Naomi thing pales in comparison to the cruiserweight title match for good reason. Because if Buddy wins that title, the entire MCG is getting erupt with just manic excitement
1: yeah guy have you seen any of, of buddy murphy uh, since he came out of uh, nxt because there was there was um a, a match i'm trying to think back where it was um it, it might have even been something they just kind of showed on the network uh, with these guys he got together uh and and you were like wow we didn't really get to see this Buddy Murphy uh, when when he was in NXT in the tag team.
2: Mm. Um, I watched a bit. I watched it when the first rebrand, or pretty much post Enzo. I think that's when they tried to fix it. I watched <laughs> yeah. a few episodes um, then, and I think I watched his debut when he when he first came up and stuff like that. And then there was that. If I remember correctly, there was that weight cut storyline that went. That, that's kind of when I stopped watching. Yes. Um, oh,
1: yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah. yeah it
2: was just kind of a bit weird. Um, so I've watched a couple of matches, and I, I should really go back and watch that tag team match, especially because Mo recommended it. I might do that later on, actually. But um, no, the the bits I've seen, even in his time. Um, in uh, in his tag team with uh, Buddy, was it Murphy and Buddy or whatever the hell it was called? Uh, <laughs> Murphy and Buddy. Um, yeah, Murphy
3: and Buddy. What's his <laughs> name? I can't man. remember the other one. <laughs> <laughs> you made me forget. <laughs> yeah. Murphy uh, and yeah, Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a, a soft drink company that's trying to compete with Coach. So, Coke. So like Murphy and Turner Buddy and Hooch. <laughs> <laughs> Murphy is. And
1: Murphy
2: Wesley is his Buddy. Wesley Blake, Wesley Blake. is his, his buddy. Blake and Murphy. That's the one. Yeah.
3: yeah. They had some
2: good matches. They had some tag team yeah. awesome matches. Yeah, he he was clearly the more talented one, wasn't it?
3: And it's absolutely. Yeah.
2: It's a bit like um, Eminem back in the day when you saw you saw John Morrison. He was like, "Yeah, he's the future star in that one." Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think it's a similar dynamic to that. So I, I hope he does win. Um, I'm not sure. It's not Cedric Alexander's fault, but obviously we haven't seen the cruiserweight division, fortunately, on the main card in so long, because it was just in in, in pre show hell. Um but maybe maybe but if I see Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander have a five star match it might it might um get me back watching two oh five live but I'll try I'll try and watch some more before before if, the Saturday.
1: Yeah, if you want I, I reckon we are gonna see yes, a title yes, switch by the way.
3: Oh, I hope so. That'd be amazing if it happens. It'd be absolutely phenomenal. Yeah
1: I, I think it'd, we're gonna it'd see It'd be it, a I, British
3: bulldog moment. Not quite that big but it'd be unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I, I do think we'll see it. Um, just for for that alone, as as much as anything, that will get such a pop uh, that you'll feel it on screen, and people think, oh, I'll have to go and watch two or five to see what see what happens next. You know, mm, I hope you so know, what's this? For, you know, for the casual fans that maybe not interested in it so much, because they'll know obviously they'll know what what the views are like in terms of two or five on the network.
2: Mm. And so, there's the rumours of that NXT merge, isn't there?
3: <clears throat> Which I think would help because they're yeah. doing the fact they're doing stadiums post post like SmackDown doesn't help if this was in full sale, and Triple H is running it, so it, it and the next day merger would work if they were doing 205 in full sale and giving it its own like branding and maybe sprucing it up a bit with the purple, it would be phenomenal. It'd be it'd yeah. be get so many more hits on the network because it'd and be that's, more.
1: Uh, yeah, something and that's something we've said for a long, long time on. I'm
3: just the, the matches were on Takeover as well. Yeah, absolutely. If you want a Buddy Murphy catalog. Um, he had a brilliant, uh, no DQ match with Mustafa Ali. Go check yeah. that out. That was, that involved, uh, uh, stairs being propped up horizontally and uh, basically a Spanish fly from the top oh rope off the top of kind of a set up stairs. And it was, oh no, it was super, less super less actually. And it was, yeah, it was phenomenal. And then his first, um, kind of big match against Cedric Alexander, which, um, I think Dave rated that, Dave Meltzer rated that very highly so if you want the kind of the affirmation from someone who isn't a huge Buddy Murphy fan, there you go. Uh yeah, that was that was his he fought Cedric Alexander for the championship and lost obviously. But yeah, it was a tremendous match. Mm-hmm. He's just very hard hitting, very like kind of modern wrestler, able to pull out all these moves and um I like Cedric a lot, but to see Buddy holding that title in the MCG, that'd be unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat>
1: Uh, Guy, what about New Day taking on uh, Cesaro, Seamus, The Bar? Um, could could we see a title change here? Just kind of reignite the bar? Do you think?
2: I I can see I can see the Bar winning. Cause if the if the if the New Day win, I don't see where else they can go. Um, cause sanity have disappeared, and then other than that. I, I can't think of anyone else on SmackDown who they could fight. Because the, um oh god, I've already forgot the bludgeon. The bludgeon brothers are, are in, or want to, uh, Rowan's injured, isn't he? So they can't redo yeah. Yeah,
0: that. He's a... out for a
2: while too, isn't he? <clears throat> yeah. So unless they repackage Luke Harper with someone, but I doubt that. Um unless, Br- well, maybe, well, Bray may go to SmackDown or something like that, but, anyway. Ballows um, and Anderson? I forgot about them, but they, they just, they're just so lost, aren't they?
3: Yes. Yeah, but I think that's because they haven't had a spot in forever. They kind of yeah. had a little push, and then the Bludgeon Brothers happened, and they're like, well, we can't really have you beat the Bludgeon Brothers when the New Day are here, and then Sheamus and Cesaro came back. Mm. And, yeah, I'd like to see the kind I would, of Good Brothers get another push.
2: I wouldn't mind see see if somehow they did a triple threat match, triple threat tag team match with M3, because I'm, I'm not sure... I, li- I like um, the Good Brothers, and um, I, I just don't think they've been booked well enough to have a strong um, singles what like a tag team feud singly so if, the, if they have another team there as a dynamic I think it could add in because I don't think the way they've been booked it's not strong enough to have a feud especially with New Day because they're just full of cliches and stuff and I think we need clarity with um, the Good Brothers because they've been booked as faces they've been booked as heels I think you need a, a set dynamic don't you and I think um, if, they, if they're like the free roll in a, in a triple threat feud they could do whatever they want really um, so I, I'd, I'd quite like to see that. But I think I, I'd quite like the Barter win because they've probably been my favourite tag team for the last two two years, three years, what, however long they've been together. So I, I'd quite like yeah, to see them win. And we, I think we bring this up every podcast, don't we, Andy? But the new day just... <laughs> There's just, just new levels of annoyance <laughs> yeah, with me. It's the old it's, day now. Yeah. It's the
1: old day. Alex, are you looking forward to having pancakes thrown at you?
3: Um, yeah, that's no, yeah, right. I remember you saying you were right. I remember you saying it and thinking you were right there, Andy, because um that was, the, I remember hearing the new day come out with their usual pet. This was just before they won the tag titles, before they lost to the brother, Blood and Brothers when Eric Rollins was injured. And you said something along the lines of just like, it, they're sticking to the same formula and they're they are not innovating anything they do anymore. And I just, that was the moment of kind of enlightenment where I went, oh, yeah, he's right here. They're just boring now. Big E needs a singles push. A long, long overdue singles push. And the other two probably can still do their shtick as his managers. Um, and the new day and their pancake stuff. Just, it's just not entertaining anymore. It's just terrible. I give me like, and the thing is, they won't survive because there are some excellent tag teams still to come up. One, un- once Undisputed Era come up from NXT, no one's really gonna care about the New Day shtick anymore. They're gonna, and once Saturday, Saturday should come back. I don't know where they've gone. They just have this disappear react. <laughs> they did it when they first debuted, and now they're doing it again. But yeah, once, if, if Un- 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 Era comes to SmackDown, the New, New Day sh- feasibly shouldn't survive, because you've got tag teams there who are ju- who are better than them on the mic now, and also in the ring.
2: Yeah, is it? You think it's just a money thing because obviously they'll sell merch. Is that the yeah, it probably
3: reason? is. It probably is the merch and the fact that they've been there forever and they're they're kind of the trusted trusted team. And I think the Usos have had fitness problems and would either Jay or Jimmy was trying to get right, get his body right. Obviously, the Bludgeon brothers had a rocket strapped to them and now um, Rowan's done his elbow. That didn't help. Um, but you've just got to think that, like, yeah, these days you can't be lagging and you can't keep doing the same old shtick unless you're Roman, but that's a different, different ball entirely. And again, I love, I love Roman. I love him to death, but there's always a but. But, um, yeah, the fact that there are so many teams coming up through NXT and these are all teams that will have momentum when they come up means that you can't lag behind. And that's exactly what New Day are doing. And the same with the B team as well.
1: Don't mention the B team on this show.
3: <laughs> oh, you might like just get that. thrown out of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the podcast is getting <laughs> early. And he's going to go out and fill the rest of the podcast <laughs> with just a red.
1: Yeah, it's, um, let's, I, I think before Biggie has a singles push, I, I think they need to get hot again. And, and, and right now, the, I know they've got the title belts and they still get a reaction, but they don't feel hot like they did a couple of years ago where they, they had to turn the baby face because it just, it was happening organically. Uh-huh. And, and I, and I just think at the moment they need the fresh coat of paint. So a heel turn at least would freshen them up a little bit. They could do some different, allow them to go back, you know, to do some different stuff again and then probably build up a bit of fire around them. And then you could maybe see that then you could have like a split in there maybe, or, or maybe even just a split as, as a way of, of doing it. But I think, I think getting them hot again before having a split would, would make more sense to me, but there, there, there's still lots of potential, but um, there's there's still work to be done with them. I think before taking them onto to other avenues, Um, <coughs> you've you mentioned Roman Reigns. Let's, let's do that one then the shield. Uh, taking on Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler and uh, Drew McIntyre. Um, some incredible work over the past few months from uh, Seth Rollins with Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Um, mixing this all together. We've also had a little bit of this whole storyline thing going on, haven't we? The teasing of, you know, dissension in, in both camps. So, d- do you see any, any kind of storyline progression in this, Alex, or is it, you know, do you think this is just purely we're going just to try and get a bit of intrigue going for this one match, and then we go back to what we were doing before it?
3: I think we kind of have to see some storyline progression purely because the next event, well, discounting kind of Evolution, is the um, Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia, and that is going to be heavily centered on Roman versus Braun versus Brock, and you can't possibly have that triple threat with the backdrop of Roman having his S.H.I.E.L.D. brothers help him, and then at the same time, Drew and Dolph kind of helping Braun in the same way, just trying to get revenge on the S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, quick note, S.H.I.E.L.D. is what got me kind of back into wrestling fully after the lagged period of um, kind of 2000 and between 2009 and 2011. I, I kind of dropped out. I didn't lose interest completely. I was still watching it most weeks, but I really just didn't have the intent. Um, the shield are, for me, the best fact. I'm, I'm young, so I, I grew up, the earliest kind of faction I grew up with, with an evolution. So for me, the shield are one of the best things in, in, kind of WWE history that I've seen in my time. Um, and seeing the shield live will be utterly brilliant and I can't wait. Um, and Dean Ambrose turning heel would be intriguing. I hope, I kind of hope it doesn't happen. I kind of hope that they extend that story out a little bit further. Um, because the shields kind of just got back together. I think they slow burned the hell out of this one. What I think they should do is turn Drew. Um, I think having Braun maybe tell Drew he's the weak link or something during the match in the same way that he did to Ziggler. Um, turn Drew on Dolph now. And then that way you can have, uh, something fresh for the Intercontinental. Get Seth a different opponent, um, and then at the same time you can have kind of this split where Dolph and Drew are tag champs, and and if Dolph if Drew turns on him, on Dolph and says no that's it I'm the tag champion by myself, and they just basically split up, then that would be fun. I don't think they will do that. I think they're going to opt for the more traditional. It'll be a tag team title match when Drew turns. It'll cost them the titles. Blah blah blah. Whatever. But uh, that's boring. I'd like to see something. Innovative happen, uh, but more most likely is probably Shield six man tag. Did love, a bit of like you said dissension in the ranks. Braun gets mad at at Drew and and Dolph storms off, and the Shield kind of win with B triple power bomb, and I'll be marking up for it because like I said, the Shield are uh, my boys, and I love them to death. But it's probably more to build Braun up for Crown Jewel than anything else. I think Dolph and Drew can survive the hit if they stay together. Um, I just really hope we get a proper six-man tag that The Shield kind of innovated, fun spots, awesome match, intense action. Uh, the show looks like it's going to be five hours long, so if it's starting, if, if it's the card's kind of this small, then I'd like to see this match get a good 30 minutes and and just have them go all out because it's been too long since we've had The Shield properly do a six-man tag that was just so entertaining.
0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Uh, What about you, Guy? Uh, What what are you expecting from this one?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm expecting this to be probably match of the night, and I'll probably get into it later, but when when the Shield are in six-man tag team matches, I mean, we've seen in the past, whether it was the Wyatt family or... Or the uh, much famed Evolution feud, it it always stole the show. And um, to to steal that off Dolph Ziggler, um, I, I think this is, I think this is the one. I'm not sure I'd split Drew and, and Ziggler um, myself. Uh, I think they I think they're working really well. Uh, maybe there's a natural thing there with AOP because I'm, I'm like halfway through Raw now myself, and we've just I've just saw um, Baron Corbin congratulating AOP, so maybe there's a natural thing there and. Maybe there's a natural split there, and I've said on I've said on the last few podcasts, Drew McIntyre is probably the the biggest winner out of all all, all of these Shield things for me because he's just looking like main event caliber talent for me, uh, and I, I'd like to see where he what what he could do with a rocket strapped on his back because I know he was the chosen one whatever it was ten years ago, but goddamn. He, he he's a, he's a freak at the minute, and um, I'd like to see what he'd do on his own. Strike um, while
1: the iron's hot, as well, don't you? That's yeah, the yeah. name of
2: the game. Absolutely, and I, I think you don't need to split him and Ziggler for an for intercontinental inter- 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 feud. Um, but for me, I, I think the the, uh, the limit's higher than that. I, I, after after Crown Jewel, if if Roman's won, uh, beat Braun and, and Brock again. To, Drew McIntyre could be the, na- could be the natural one um, to be after for me. That would be fun. That yeah. is lots of fun. Absolutely. That Those,
3: those matches would be excellent as well, because we've seen Roman have brilliant matches with Braun before. Mm. I'd like to think that Drew is a better wrestler and better natural fit. Even Roman Joe, that kind of style of match mm. was, was awesome and brilliant fun, so I think Drew versus Roman is logical for the next kind of Big feud. But I, I, I still think that for that to happen, Drew has to separate from Dolph. Mm. Which would be a shame, because this has been Dolph's best kind of well, section of his his last couple of years. This, would, this would, you the, would you drop the tag
2: titles to, to AOP, the, the Crown Jewel or Survivor Series, whatever's next? Uh, would you yeah, drop I them to no
3: AOP? I think I would. I think they're a natural. I mean, if it was me, I'd drop them to the Revival. And just say, look, yeah, that, we've done happening. your bad. I <laughs> know yeah, it's not going to happen, but look, we've done your bad. Here you go. Take it. And Apologies for the have titles. Be... <laughs> yeah, sorry, here are the titles. Sorry for the whole B team thing. That was a mistake. Um, even though I kind of love Bo Dallas. But, uh, AOP, it, yeah. If you if you lose to
2: AOP, that's natural. Like, AOP would be favourites in that match. Whereas if they lose to Revival or, god damn it, um, the B team. Yeah. There's a story. There's a story there where you can say you screwed up, and then the, the infighting can start. Whereas if it's AOP, you're just like, yeah, we were gonna get smashed. Yeah.
1: and <laughs> Next, you think Revival yeah. and AOP had some involved in some cracking matches in NXT? Oh, as it's well.
3: Classic's yeah. absolute barnstormers. The uh, the potential of that happening again would be great. And to be fair, the Revival had an excellent match with Drew and Dolph last week on Raw for the titles. Absolutely. Drew and Dolph obviously won. One clean and, um, but, but, revival will work in baby face. So if they want, um, a baby, cause they don't have a baby face tag team. The Hardy, Hardy had to, Matt Hardy's had to retire. Bray White's in Neverland getting his back, not his back, his, his hip, um, kind of reconnected to his spine, <laughs> reconnected to his bones. So uh, sure. and, yeah, it's grouse. And then, team yeah, that'd be handy. Yeah, that'd be handy. Then they, Put on some absolute crackers as well, so the uh, the potential of those matches um would be excellent. But I just don't I don't see who if you give a title to AOP I don't see anyone taking it off of them until 2019. Which fair enough, have them have a long reign, but you have to have believable challenges, and right now there just aren't any on Raw because you just it's the AOP and, and then a massive chasm, and then the rest of the tag team. Whereas on SmackDown, even when you had the Bludgeon Brothers. You had that, that kind of qualifying series where you were just like, yeah, okay, fair. Every, you, the Usos could beat the Bludgeon Brothers. New Day could feasibly beat the Bludgeon Brothers. Sanity could beat the Bludgeon Brothers. I'm the to see
2: Bludgeon Brothers versus Sanity. That, that's annoying. Yeah,
3: that would, been, that would have been so much fun. Killian Dane and Luke Luke Harper just absolutely so going at it. That would be so much fun. So, yeah, I think Raw's tag division is needing a bit of a pump-up. At the same time, if the rumours that undefeated Era are coming to the end of their... Tenure in NXT, Adam Cole's being prepped to have the rocket strapped to his ass by Triple H once he gets promoted to the the main roster. And then does he get lost on Raw though? On Raw, yeah, I think Adam Cole belongs on SmackDown. I think he's he's perfect for SmackDown. Yeah,
1: and then Vince sees him. Yeah, yeah, that's the issue. Hopefully,
3: Vince doesn't watch SmackDown anymore. (laughs) I really hope so. I really hope Vince takes a break. God, But yeah, that's the issue is if if Vince does see Adam Cole, I have no doubt he'll be like, yeah, you're my next champ. I'm going to put you on Raw. And that would be a mistake. That would yeah. be a real issue. So to
1: go from a, a six-man tag match that is potentially exciting and we're looking forward to, to a six-woman tag match that um, I might be looking at
3: my fingers. <laughs> can we <just laughs> least, skip least it? I'm sick of the first. Bellas.
1: Leave Leave Morgan, probably doesn't want to get in the ring. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That was bad. At least you've got a a pee
3: break. (laughs) Yeah, that's just Watch Ronda's entrance, and then go for a pee. Oh no, the bar's going to be so busy during that match.
1: (laughs) The only thing is,
3: though, is Ronda Rousey's
1: in it, and you've got to want to see Ronda.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. And Ronda will be... I have a feeling Ronda will carry the match, and have some cool spots with Ruby. But I don't understand why we couldn't have just got Ruby versus Ronda. Because they're, they they're got match, didn't they? Phenomenal. Yeah, they're yeah, they're both phenomenal. And they they will I think I think either Ember or Ruby will be the next challenger for post frickin' Nikki Bella or Evolution will be the next challenger for Ronda's is title. That, is that that's for a cool evolution. program. I don't think so. But it's just ominous. It's one of those things that's ominously hanging over our heads just. If that happens, it.
2: is it fair that I skip evolution?
3: <laughs> I'll just watch. I'll be... just
2: watch the SmackDown one and the NXT one, and yeah, skip that match. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. That's. Fair. I don't think you could be called misogynistic if you skipped uh the Raw Women's title match because of because of Nikki Bella. And to be fair, Nikki Bella is not that bad a wrestler. She's she was good. Yeah, but she'll in her heyday. Win. Oh, she better not. <laughs> she takes the title off Ronda. Oh no, she better bloody not. They're basically part timers now. And if WWE is really serious about this whole new era thing, new, new, new era, then they're not going to let part timers take titles. They can take the spotlight, like Taker and Triple H. That's did, fine. Did you? This I is was to say, have you, have you not seen yeah. the men's division? I know, no, I know, <laughs> mm. but it's not like Taker and, and Triple H are anywhere near the title scene. This is very much an abstraction match Nikki to sell tickets. Nicky Bella is basically Goldberg. <laughs> oh no, god, it's, they, they have regressed so much, They've regressed. They it's have it's s- like the Bellas of ten years ago. Maybe the fact that Nikki's broken up with John means that she doesn't have a mojo anymore. Maybe John was giving her giving her pep talks before every match that made her go out and be brilliant. But now, now there's there's no way this Nikki Bella or Ronda Rousey thing could be anywhere near good just because of what we've seen. Yeah. In the same way that this six, this six woman tag team match probably won't be good, and I'm um, at at peace with that. You just
2: need to limit the crap members of the Riot Squad. So. Two thirds of it. Sarah <laughs> Logan.
3: Uh, yeah, two thirds of it. <laughs> yeah, two Logan's thirds friendly, of it. Yeah.
2: And then you got to limit the Bella Twins. So pretty much, yeah, we just want to see.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: We want to see two minutes of the crap, and then.
3: <laughs> ten like minutes of basically... Riot versus Ronda. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's pretty much. So you basically,
3: all... basically say basically four sixths of this match is useless, yeah. and no one <laughs> <Yeah>. wants <laughs> yeah. You two okay. and
1: you two just stay on the ri- on the apron. <laughs> you two yeah. have a match. You've got ten minutes, and then we're done.
3: <laughs> at least Natalia's not in it. It would have... Wait, no, she's not in it. Bree's in it, isn't she? It's not Natalia. Yeah, yeah in it. it's Bree. Yeah,
2: it's the dude. Oh, be thank fair, Natal- better. No. She's, be- yeah, Natal- she's better than all of the
3: other ones. Well, she is, but she's got no charisma. She's actually a charisma vacuum. I've never seen someone suck the life out of a promo more than Natalia. Not at least yeah, not least since...
0: Not
2: since Bobby. I don't no. know. <laughs> not know. Not since Bobby last That's not wrong. Imagine Sarah Logan yeah.
3: versus Natalia on a mic. Oh, now you've made me sad. No, this is supposed to be a good event. This is supposed to be this is supposed to be nice and fun. Not, yeah. Not let's desi- right, let's leave that, that one behind. We're
2: designated to a pee break. What else do you want? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, fair. You've got to be that's there fair. for six hours. You need to pee. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah.
1: yeah that's let, fair. Let's let's just norp it. Let's just uh, hope it's not too horrific. Um, what about Daniel Bryan and the Miz then? Because this this had you know such a long build. It it the whole, you know it's the the catalogue of how this came together was I'd say recent history. I I don't think in a way I feel it's almost a mistake going too far back. You know to the original stuff and concentrating so much on that because it was it became almost obscure in a way. I think the more recent stuff over the past two uh, two to three years. Been so good in in the natural build for this, but the the matches have been so underwhelming for me, uh, and the whole involvement of the wives uh, really took yeah. took away from from what we see in the ring. It, you know, it's not being misogynistic, there just just naturally uh, mixed tag matches don't do anything for me. I'm afraid, it's just the dynamic it doesn't doesn't work, but. Can we see something much better this time between these two? As
3: long as I think we can. Th- yeah. As long as Maurice is... Well, Maurice will be at ringside. Brie probably won't if she's in the six-woman tag. But the match has been um, heightened by the stipulation, which is whoever wins goes on to face the WWE champion. And that basically means people will be cheering for Daniel Bryan even more because there is the chance that we could see Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles or Samoa Joe, although it's going to be AJ Styles, in uh, a program. Or we see The Miz get credit for his incredible last three years, and that is ju- just cause as well. And whoever loses this has a genuine gripe to then go back, um, which I think is where they're coming from, which is why the mixed mixtape happened is because I think they're trying to bleed this out to WrestleMania. I wouldn't be surprised if they're bleeding this out for a title program at WrestleMania, although right now, I would suggest AJ could hold that title till 2022 and still make it look phenomenal. Um, no pun intended. Uh, and still make it interesting and fun as long as he had a kind of a long list of, of contenders. I think, um, AJ
2: either way, this match in will English, be... WrestleMania.
3: Brilliant. Yeah. WrestleMania 43. Yeah. AJ I'd versus. Well Versus one of Goldberg's kids, Goldberg's son, the one that took his shirt off. Why not? He'll be will <laughs> right. still be able to go then. He'll be fine. But um, what was, uh, was,
2: was Braun's partner called at WrestleMania?
3: Oh, yeah, um, Nicholas. Nicholas. He'll be, yeah, he'll be. Yeah, he'll be a seasoned veteran by 43. I think they'll be right to go then. Yeah, I think it's a. Uh, it's gonna be a fun match, but most of all, it's gonna be. At least intriguing to see how they approach this because there's incentive now rather than, like Andy said, they, they messed up, I think, with, by, in, by implementing the NXT stuff. It wasn't wise to go back that far explicitly. They should have, like, yeah. just mentioned it and should have brought it up in passing in certain promos. And I think it was it, almost, almost too much bringing back, harking back to that, to that. NXT thing when I don't think they even thought Everyone back then that the Daniel Bryan would be. Yeah, exactly. But they didn't think, it's not like that back then they were doing that on purpose, or that was just the Miz and Daniel Bryan trying to make good of a terrible situation. Um, to their credit, they did. But I think they should have focused more on Miz under Gen- Daniel Bryan as a general manager. Um, obviously they brought up the Talking Smack promo, best promo in, in the last 20 years, not 20 years, but the, the, definitely this modern era. And they definitely focused on that well, but um, I don't, I don't think I'm not despairing at all. I think this feud's got a long way to go. It started out of the blocks well, but it kind of staggered once we had Brie mode and and the other Carmella, um, and and I think yeah, it could be it could be Daniel Moran versus AJ, which would be great. Could be Miz versus AJ, which would be awesome. Most of all, I'm excited to see how these two converge again towards the end of the year. I do hope there is a gap because whoever wins this match then goes on, hopefully for a couple of months, to feud with the champion.
1: And and you go because I mean you'll know go from <laughs> from the amount of podcasts we've done together on yeah. this. I, I'm not as enamoured with Miz as as most people are. Uh, obviously, acknowledge he is very good on the mic. Mm. Um, I'm not 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 a fan of his in ring work and and I do think it's I don't know I, I tend to have to fast forward through Miz TV because it's just the same the same show every week. <laughs> I love him. Yeah, I love him, man. and He's I've great. certainly got no interest in watching that Miz and Miz Mrs, or whatever they call it. But, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but that
2: means you're that means you're yeah, human, so that's fair. Yeah, yeah. it
3: just <laughs> you, that means you're not a terrible human
2: being. <laughs> you, you know, Yeah, you're fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. For me in this feud, Andy, it's um, as Alex said. I think it could go either way. I mean, we haven't do- we haven't talked about the WWE title match, but uh, pretty much every other podcast we predicted AJ starts to lose and think it's time that it needs freshen up. So he's, uh, yeah, it's, it's never it's never going to end. Um, but I, I I could see this going either way, and I, the only the only worry with me. Is for me is if, if Miz wins that's another feud where AJ is in there with someone who's probably a better talker than him. I know um, Shinsuke wasn't but he, he's just a mad charismatic weirdo, um so he, <laughs> he was kind of running that feud, Joe's running this feud on the mic and Miz had probably run the feud again, um so it'd kind of make AJ not seem bad but just seem like the weaker of the two uh, yeah, before that's the match. Point. That's the only thing. Whereas yeah, where well, if it's Brian, I, I, Brian's probably going to be the stronger face or. I wouldn't mind seeing heel AJ Styles again.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I mean, what I, I think is is I don't really feel that, that they quite mesh together, AJ and, and Miz. I, and, mm. I know AJ can get a great match out of anyone. I, I think one-on-one matches, Miz not... I don't know. I, I think he struggles sometimes to go with some of the best. In triple threat matches...
3: Fantastic, he's fan- fantastic in, matches with Dolph.
1: Yeah, in, in, in triple with. threat, he did have... Yeah, he did, but in triple threat matches, he seems to excel for some reason. I don't know what it is. Yeah. He just seems to really excel being able to sort of step could, out, step back in, step out, could, step in.
2: Could we see a stupid finish where it ends in like a double count out? Well, I
1: was just going to say, could, yeah. could we have a schmoz here? Yeah. Uh, and that's how we get the, the balance of it all. So we don't have straight out baby first versus baby face. And like you say, you, this this whole thing, which I, I, I just I just don't see Miz and AJ's characters and personalities quite meshing right. Mm. The, this whole thing of then putting it together, adding another one in there. We, is that a possibility, you think, then? Maybe in for Royal Rumble? That's what we'd get? I
3: did, the, the problem with the triple threat would be AJ would be third-wheeling to what is already kind of the established feud, but well, I like the idea that Unless Joe wins and then it's... Oh, I want Joe versus Brian so badly to be Joe versus Brian and just outright, oh, Joe, I'm going to put you back into the ground. I'm going to put you back into, <laughs> I'm back into hospital. Ground. I'm going to end your career again. <laughs> I'm going to end you and I'm going to end everyone who ever thought you were going to do something. And Joe would do that brilliantly. The thing um, is, if, if we have to see Joe Vieja
2: again, we are two weeks away from him chalking out his family.
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Poor Wendy is probably going <laughs> to have
1: oh, to do Oh, Wendy!
2: A <laughs> and, oh, I've got a call from Triple H. What does this mean? <laughs> right, Wendy, we're going to have some more Joe come choke out
3: you and your children. Is that okay? Is that alright? Yeah, good, Fair play to Wendy. she probably be up for it. She's already had her home invaded, so I think she's all in on this feud. But no, I think it's, it's imperative that now whoever wins the WWE title has a program that Ignites them with whoever wins this match, and, and I'm not discounting the triple threat match, but I do think if Joe finally beats AJ, which would be a mad moment. Um, and the other thing that we haven't, we kind of haven't discussed, or we, we touched on briefly, is Australian crowds gonna be mental, and anything the remotely kind of drastic that happens, the, the, the so Aussie crowd's gonna eat it up um, because we're expecting not, we're expecting this to be similar to Saudi Arabia, not that dramatic show just a a good fun show um but if buddy wins the cruiserweight title it's gonna go mental if if aj or um kind of joe or maybe miz kind of if miz wins i think everyone will kind of be shocked and stunned if if joe wins everyone will go mental it's one of it's gonna be one of those things where if they finally do take the belt off aj they have to do it well any way they do it will basically lead to them um,
2: Maybe having a moment Maybe Samoa remember. is the same place as Australia.
3: <laughs> Samoa's just off the coast. Yeah. Basically Tasmania. Yeah. We well, yeah. like Tasmania people losing
1: all so don't tell them
3: that. No, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. I wonder how good AJ's Australian accent is. Somehow I doubt <laughs> it's probably worse than Andy's. And guys. How I'll dare you. you. <laughs> how dare
1: you. I, well, I mean... We're talking WWE title match as well. I mean, AJ, Samoa Joe, as Guy's mentioned there, you, you know, for for a while, I've certainly been saying, look, I, I think AJ needs to lose this title just to kind of re-energize uh, and get something new on it and get people excited about it again. And and, and given and – it's just that thing, isn't it? The babyface chasing down a hill is so much more interesting than – A babyface champion that you kind of, in a way, deep down, you know they're not going to lose. You know that they're going to keep the title. And as much as I'd love to see Samoa Joe win the title, because I just think it would be fantastic for absolutely so many reasons, for every reason possible. I I just don't see it happening, Alex, unfortunately.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. But at the same time, I have really enjoyed this feud between Joe and Styles, because there were a lot of ways it could go. And I think this this feud is... I, I get what you mean with the um, babyface... Yeah, you're right. Babyface chasing a title is always more interesting. But this, I would say, is one of the better heel chasing a mm-hmm. title because he just continually drops off, off these levels of psychopath nature that we just yeah. keep seeing him grow worse and worse and worse. You cost me my title. I'm coming after your family. We're going to end your... Career, daddy's coming home this is this is just not gonna end well for you aj yeah and because i know you it's just yeah i think think it's been brilliant to be honest
1: yeah sorry to interrupt but no you notice you notice as well though that's that's some more jaw because that was some more jaw with brock lesnar that was some more jaw with roman reigns you know that he was put in there with people who you were expecting him to put up the fight but lose Yet he still made it interesting. He still added something to it. And it's this consistent thing with Samoa Joe. Isn't it? There's it something that he adds to, to a Absolutely,
3: But, and we saw this in NXT, he needs a title to validate his danger. And he, if he doesn't get the WWE title yes. soon, it's going to threaten to kind of derail all that momentum he's built up. I don't think he needs it. He's not a character that needs a title in the same way that I think Roman needs a title, um, whether it be US or, or Universal, but he is a character that is validated by having a championship. And when he wins that championship, it will be supremely good to see how he rolls with it and what he does with it.
1: Yeah, I like that word validation. I like that. Yeah, validate. I like it. I like it. Mm. So that just leaves us with um, the final match on the card, and I've, I've got to say it's it's probably a good job that there's no uh, that it is open air and that we're not in a closed arena, because if uh, Triple H and Undertaker have to go some distance, they could suck all the oxygen out of the building.
3: <laughs> You're not wrong, uh, and I think the entrances are going to be now. There's a reason the show is five hours, and that's because these two are going to have to make entrances longer than most of the other matches. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, look, I, I've I, I was a, a long time. I remember Undertaker's debut. I watched that. Uh, you know, big fan of him for years and years and years. His character changes. That you know, the tweets here and there, and the little things that he's added and embellished along the way. Uh, and he's he's got a great catalog and one of the all time great careers. But the last couple of years have not been fun to watch. And and uh, just unfortunately for me that the whole thing surrounding this, I, I'm just not quite sure gone. what to make. Yeah, I'm just not quite sure what to make of this match, whether I'm looking forward to it or I'm not.
3: I think the build has been better than it had any right to be. When it got announced, I was very skeptical because you're exactly right. The mistake around the Undertaker has disappeared for me. I remember watching WrestleMania this year, and I was more excited to see John Cena. Than I was the Undertaker, and I'd seen John Cena for months beforehand. But John Cena was the more interesting. It's I think I think still is the more interesting character. Um, WrestleMania, I was actively rooting for Roman Reigns to retire the Undertaker because I thought it was time and it would be perfect. And the night after WrestleMania, when Roman was in that ring and he just said those words, "I'm the big dog now," and got booed to all hell, that was the perfect way for me to see the Undertaker go. A man who was been a huge part of my childhood and who I loved watching and yet the fact that they had Sean and Taker have that promo the fact that Triple H is a master of building things up, the fact that Kane is now involved that we are seeing this for one last time, I can't help but just go, okay this is going to be awesome it's not going to be a brilliant match because neither of them can go anymore the way they used to, but it is going to be awesome as a spectacle
1: yeah, they've, they spiked guys' interest though, haven't they? The, the addition of Kane.
3: Mayor yeah. Kane. Mr. <laughs> mayor. Yes.
2: The big, big, big red <laughs> man. If he, if he comes out with like a t-shirt saying Kane for
3: Mayor, oh, <laughs> it'll do me. <laughs> with the mask on as well, though. Yes. He's still, absolutely. still in full character. <laughs> with a t-shirt over the top of his full bodysuit. That would be, that'd be class. Oh. Uh, but I, I'm quite looking
2: forward to this. I think, Triple H is probably in better nick than The Undertaker, because, well, we've not had to yeah. half Triple body, H, half H is in better
1: body. nick than most people on walking.
2: Yeah. In the world, he's in that's better nick he, than That's me. probably because he wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning to
3: turn on pre motors. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, look, his fitness regime is just mind-boggling. and He's got that... He's, like, one of the people, most of all, who I've never seen, and, like, I can't imagine him without colossal muscles. Like, most people, you're just like, yeah, okay, I can imagine you being skinny when you were younger. I imagine you being maybe, you losing a bit of muscle tone. But I can't imagine any reality, any timeline where Triple H isn't absolutely buff.
2: The biggest change ever in Triple H is when he shaved off his long hair and everyone was like, no, no, that's disgusting. Get away.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly, and it's just like, whoa, okay, that's that's a significant change. And there, He's made it work. The one yeah. thing that I will say, and I, I'm loving this match, just because it's this match. But if Sean comes back for a tag match against Kane and The Undertaker, I will boycott it. I'm, I will I boycott it, but i will not because it's just it. You can't tarnish that retirement match that amazing storyline the fact that sean is still here and he wants to wrestle so badly but he can't because he made a pact that he would never wrestle again you can't tarnish rick flair you can't tarnish triple h you can't tarnish taker all at once by just just because a saudi prince wanted him to wrestle and that that would kill me inside because yeah. that is one of the defining points of my wrestling kind of Child, not just childhood, but my wrestling kind of adult life. He anyway. can't do yeah. it for the haircut anyway. He can't do it for
1: the haircut because the haircut can't hide the baldness anymore.
3: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> when he was getting slammed on Raw, I did not realise how bald he was. I really didn't. It surprised me. It really surprised it, me. The
2: only match Sean could ever do again is take it, and I don't really ever want to see that again.
3: No. Nah, because you know it'll just ruin, it'll the, ruin the previous It'll ruin the other one. two matches, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no. They just there comes a point where it's like, no, look, you've done everything. You've done it. You've done it again. You've even done it more times than that. Just stop. <laughs> Leave us with our yeah, memories. Just enough.
3: It's yeah. an, and we don't need it because no matter what people say, the fact that we've got the, the shield, the fact that Braun is still a megastar, you're still milking Brock despite the fact he shouldn't be anywhere near this product. And I could go on a rant about Brock Lesnar for a week, but and it's a good thing he's not coming to Australia because I don't think you'd get an altogether nice reaction. Um, He cares, to be honest. (laughs) True, yeah, (laughs) probably true. Um, But uh, the fact that you've still got Brock and you've still got kind of that aura Mm -hmm. around the Shield, and you've got Senior if you need him, you don't need to bring Sean back and ruin. the greatest match in your company's history. You can't. You can't do that. But watch them, because Saudis are giving them lots of money. And it's not... I
2: lost this bag of money again. (laughs) (laughs) I need a new (laughs) bag
3: of money.
1: Here's another potato sack full of 50s.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's just... yeah. That
1: that scene from DuckTales, is it? Where...
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah <laughs> um diving we, into the diving
1: room diving the in. we need, we into need the someone body. to put
2: we need someone to put vince's face on that. <laughs>
3: yeah we
1: absolutely there you do call go. call, in, call in all help call in all help please do oh. this
3: <laughs> oh, it's, but it's too true and i'm very much an advocate for once hunter gets the reins this stuff probably will disappear it won't be eradicated completely but one time to get the reins. I think we're going to see WWE go in a direction that is more progressive and more yeah, and overall better for me. Yeah,
1: I think,
2: I think the way I H- on the definitely on the screen. On, yeah, the in ring product it'll, it'll go up tenfold. On
3: yeah, the- but even storylines will be simpler yeah. and will actually have logic. If you look at Gargano and Champa, that screams Triple H because it's a long build. He's plotted out moments during the year of what he wants. He's adapted to injuries. Is because the biggest thing with NXT is the fact that it's constantly chopping and changing. And if someone can write stories, despite their main characters constantly leaving them, whether it be, be injuries or be the fact that they've, they've gone up to the main roster, then you know how to write a story. And for me, it's, it's imperative that Vince hands over the, the creative reins as he has been doing and credit to him. Um, more, more and more over the next couple of years. Um, and hopefully that means that I get to see WWE come back again and do another show at the MCG in a couple of years with hopefully, um, I don't know, Dean Ambrose's champ or something like that. That'd be, no, that'd be nice. Definitely. That'd be class.
2: You, you just want Tony Storm back don't you?
3: Oh, I really do. I'm so shattered <laughs> she's not coming down. She's the best thing ever. She's my favorite, probably my favorite women's wrestler on the planet right now. She's just incredible. She's also, gorgeous and Australian and uh, that's two of the best things you can be
1: and and speaking of coming back um, obviously this this event is uh, happening Saturday depending on which uh, part of the globe you're at Uh, Saturday morning Saturday um, lunchtime ish um, all the way through to Saturday night Um, but next week Alex you, you come back Tell us what it was like. Um, not just obviously, there's our perspective of, of watching it on screen, but for you, you know, also not just seeing the action, but being there, being a part of it.
3: You can guarantee that I'll be I'll be back with my report card, with my voice still probably recovering from all the shouting and clapping I'm doing, uh, and I'll definitely be yeah, I'll definitely be back on. I enjoyed today, so thanks thanks for having me on, gents.
1: It, it was it was our pleasure. One more ripper, guy.
2: Oh for God's sake. (laughs) You little ripper. (laughs) Yes.
3: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There you go, (laughs)
1: <laughs> what, a way, what a way to end A ripper of a show
3: <laughs> Jesus, Ripper of a I'm show indeed <laughs> Next week Guy does the Australian accent throughout the whole show
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> So what Walt did Roman you think was The showdown guy
1: He was a ripper
3: If Buddy Murphy wins The Cruiserweight title You are doing the entire introduction to next week's show With an Aussie accent And I'm not taking no for an answer Oh
1: god <laughs> Okay Let's, if, let's see. If what Cedric
3: happens. wins, do you have to do like Northern England? I don't Northern know. I, I could maybe do a scouse. I'm not sure I could do. Oh, maybe I could do Northern. But we'll have, to, we'll have to You say have to get your jo-
2: You have to figure out how to do a Geordie accent. Yeah. Be-
3: yeah. Well, you've got a week to practice. I've got a week to practice my Y eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. What, Dude, what a week yeah. on the show,
1: guys. Uh, like you said, uh, uh, thanks, to Alex Lauro. Uh, thanks as always to my uh, audio tag team partner, Guy Drinkle. Uh, and like you said, you know, we will be back next week to, uh, to run down the card and Alex can tell us and uh, tell you all about what it was like just, just to be there, that, that atmosphere and experience what is a, a real showpiece event. So, uh, until then, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been the, uh, the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. We'll see you next week. Bye bye now.